your host, Arena Antoine, and I mean, welcome back to Self Love Lounge. This is a place that stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion in our pursuit of self-love. Self-Love Lounge is a place to learn about, hold space for, and embrace ourselves deeply. Each episode will bring warmth to being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So let's uncondition our minds together to find love within and forever lead with it. So before we get into it, grab a hot or cold beverage and let's go. Welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I'm really excited about today's episode because growing up, I used to be really fascinated by TV shows that I would watch. And I was actually having a conversation with my sister the other day, and we were just talking about how exciting it was in the 2000s where we would have to like wait for an episode on Wednesday evening. And the anticipation and the thrilling of waiting for the next episode or the next season was extremely frustrating, but in the best way possible because there was always something to look forward to, whether it was The Vampire Diaries, whether it was One Tree Hill, whether it was 90210. And 90210 for me was such an amazing moment for me as someone that was transitioning into teenage life and also having an older sister that would introduce you to all these 2000 TV shows that I don't know I don't feel like a lot of younger people were watching or understanding it but I found myself captivated by one of the characters um, Naomi Clark who probably terrified me the most but there was something that I that was so captivating about her character and I'm so excited and honored for Annalyn McCord today to be here with us. So Annalyn, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Annalyn McCord. I'm happy to be here and I love the name of your podcast. Thank you so much. Um, that means a lot to me for you to even be here today. And it's crazy how the universe aligns us to meet to discuss something that seems so simple yet the most difficult journey to really jump with two feet in and that is a relationship or building relationship with yourself what drew me to you so deeply was many of your videos touch on inner child healing and I had no idea to know what that really was until I went through something that was extremely shattering and recognize that I had to start asking myself questions that were extremely uncomfortable. And to start us off on this episode, I would love for our first question to be, why do we make decisions that ultimately destroy ourselves deeply? What is it that we're trying to learn about ourselves through these experiences that seem so shattering? Well, it's a wonderful question. And I think that for a little bit of context in in my own personal experience, the unconscious memories were creating a cycle I had no idea about. I wouldn't have known how to even know that I was being self-destructive. I was a success to everyone that heard my story. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, she left home at 15 years old and studied in New York and then moved to Los Angeles at 18. And everyone told her trailer park kids never going to make it as an actress. And then she went and got a hit show by age 
18 and then 20, I was on 90210. And I was a raging success. <laughs> and I was cutting up my arms and self-harming and suicidal and depressed and anxious and all of the things that were not, were still, they're still stigmatized today, but we were not speaking about these things at all when I was going through them. I never heard of anybody with anxiety or depression. And those are whispery things that you don't talk about because shame, shame, shame. I, I was just existing and I didn't know there was an opportunity to have a different kind of existence. So maybe someone would label itself destructive or doing destructive things. I wouldn't have known a model to look to, to do something in a different way, right? You, you can't fix something that you don't know is broken. I thought maybe everyone deals with this. Maybe everyone <laughs> blurs out their memories and doesn't know what they did last week. And, and, you know, because they're so high strung and have so much anxiety. I, I had no concept that there was a world where happiness could be a lifestyle. There was a lot of people saying, oh my God, just think positive thoughts. And I wanted to punch all those people <laughs> on the back of my elbow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, was not, that was not a world for me. I thought that yeah. the ignorant were happy. Ignorance right. is bliss. I thought you had to be an ignoramus to be happy because if you yeah. were intelligent at all, and I prided myself on my intellect, that's why I was miserable. And what I've come to discover is that all of all of all <laughs> what you were asking me to begin with, the answer is in the measurable quantitative measurement of vibration of energy. I was existing in an energetic field of self-hate. Mm -hmm. So in the field of hate, in the anger that that creates, so the field of anger, in the the shame that that generates, so shame, guilt, so guilt, pride when I needed to elevate a little bit, I would have, you know, a little sense of dignity, yeah. I would get as high as pride. I was experiencing life in cycles and energetic experience of low vibrations, mm -hmm. low, low, low measurable mm -hmm. energetic emotion. The universe does not speak English. It speaks energy. <laughs> so, so it said, oh, okay, well, Annalyn likes hate. So let's send her more people who are hating people and hating things and hatred, yeah. hatred, hatred. The universe is very kind. It gives you exactly what you put out. It's like, okay. And I didn't know a world where love existed. Because I, I wasn't shown that. I was shown performance-based, quote-unquote, love, mm -hmm. which is not love at all. That is approval-based. And it's, oh, I'm going to be ostracized right. if I don't do dot, dot, dot. So for me, these destructive cycles and these destructive things that I was doing, and then the energy of destruction was coming back into my world because I was putting it out into the universe. I had no idea what, where, when, or how. I didn't even have the memories. I didn't know that I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse until I was 31 years old, two and a half years ago. Wow. I wow. lived a whole lifetime, you know, really, really a lifetime is what yeah. it, it felt like a long life <laughs> in a very, very dark place. And darkness met me. <laughs> you just touched on something that many of us go through when we talk about self-destructive behaviors or enters toxic cycles, whether it's friendships or relationships. It's so scary for me to know that when trauma, darkness meets with you, I feel like we become resistant and start to unconsciously 
block memories, as you said. Block any kind of signs that may be beneficial or even something that later on actually becomes the reason that you are in this place today. And again, it's because we're in this low vibrational energy field. I remember the first time I became aware of my cycle was probably right before COVID. I remember just analyzing my circle based on the full moon or the new moon of the month. And I'd self-reflect upon, okay, what in my life has progressed and what in my life has remained just stagnant? So I was in this energy field where I wanted to grow and I had to leave behind things, situations, and part of myself that were no longer going to complement my life. And I think you touched on something really, really important. You said there is a world where happiness can be a lifestyle. And I think that it should be a lifestyle. And that kind of opened my perspective because I have this idea where happiness is great. Happiness is an emotion. But you don't always have to be happy. You want to embrace the good, the bad, the ugly. And that itself is happiness. That itself is beautiful. And so I think my next question for you is how were you able to break out of that cycle or become aware of that cycle? So (laughs) multifaceted answer for you. Um, It is uh, healing is a lifelong journey, isn't it? Uh, It just, just smacks you in the face and smacks you some more. But what I've found now is that my healing journey, I I learned from joy now and, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But the first incident that clued me into a very important detail that we should all be aware and (laughs) conscious of it, hopefully (laughs) at some point in our lives. The common denominator in all of my problems was me. It was the one person that was always there when all this destruction was happening. And there was a moment when this world that was out to get me and this world that was out to get me and the world was out to get me. And the world was out to get me when I was a child. But I took that belief about the world on this deep, cellular wired in my brain level that I couldn't have been expected at 15 years old to be able to understand, let alone be able to unwire and rewire. I put that into the world and 10 years would go by. And around my 25th birthday, I (laughs) had what we love to call an aha moment. Boom, the epiphany came. And I was with a partner and I was head over heels in love and it went south. And I had had this rigid rule about the male population and I was a man eater and Mm -hmm. I burned my bras and I was that kind of (laughs) chick for a long time. Ironically, (laughs) in all of that, I was embodying masculine energy. So I was actually shitting on women. I wasn't, I was actually, I I wasn't a fan of either, you know, not not very nice to anybody because I was hurting people, hurt other people. I was in pain. I had this moment and this thing went down and my friends were all coming around me and they were just like, we can't believe this happened to you. You didn't deserve this. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing. This began to play in my head. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. You didn't deserve this. You did nothing wrong. And I was like, I call bullshit. I did something. What is it? It's not about being punished. It's not that, you know, we get these concepts of, oh, karma. And then we mm-hmm. think of it like I'm being punished. It's, yeah. it's not. Again, it's the energy you put out, you get back. I put out an energy of cheating on my partner, not the one that I was in love with, yeah. <laughs> partners, partners before. 
when it mattered most to me, it came back. That energy that I put out there in the world came back when it would hurt me the most as a gift, as a wake up call to say, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Do you want to do this? Do you want to, do you want more of this? Does it feel good? It's not a punishment. It's a gift, an aha moment. And suddenly I could be in control. If I did nothing wrong, if I had no reason, no energetic vibrational frequency being sent out of my body to other people, mm-hmm. that I could then change and tune and heighten so that this doesn't happen to me again, right. then I'm just, I'm completely lost in the universe. Anything can happen to me at any point. So what was really profound was this moment. I said, okay, I'm going to take ownership for the fact that though I didn't do anything necessarily wrong, and that's an arbitrary word, though I didn't do anything according to societal conditioning in the third dimension <laughs> um, <laughs> as technically bad yeah. in this relationship, I've done some bad shit. Mm-hmm. I've got a shadow and she's a little hoe. So <laughs> I had to I had to say, hi, what's up, hoe? What you doing, girl? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fun. Um, probably yeah. won't, don't want to do that again. Yeah. Um, didn't feel good when it came back around. Yeah. And I began this inward journey. And that was 25. By the time I was 31 and my memories returned, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm pretty much fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm good. I've got yeah. like a little PTSD, like yeah. just like a little post-traumatic stress. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be so fine. I'm just yeah. going to like go to a doctor for a few weeks and I'll be cured. <laughs> That happened. And then three (laughs) weeks later, my whole earth got shattered all over again. And it's interesting because why do we come here? Mm -hmm. Why do we come to earth? Why are we here? I I don't know what you believe. I don't know what your listeners believe. I believe in an essence, in a consciousness, in a soul inside of these bodies. This body is as much me as the characters I play, as the car I drive, as the house I live in. I am an energy, a light inside of this body that turns this body on and makes it talk and makes it do things. And when the light goes, the body dies. That's how I believe. I also have similar beliefs, actually the exact same belief that we are here for a reason and we may not know that reason and that's okay. And I think that's why we're here. We're trying to figure out the reason. And many times when we confront something that seems too good to be true or a coincidence, the only way that I can explain this is that this is actually fate and that this coincidence is sent from the universe to wake you up, to shake you up, to make you see beyond the veil and not just, like you said, exist. Because we are so incredibly powerful and there are magical things around us that some may not understand. And we can go on a rampage about this belief, but I believe that we really need to experience this to understand what it is we're talking about. So whether you listen to this today and you are like, what the fuck are these two ladies talking about? (laughs) Or, okay, they're onto something. Okay, I'm kind of grasping this, this concept here. Or you get it because you experience something similar. A hundred percent. I love that. And and to that point, I, I believe that we, we come here and there's a why. 
there's a there's a magnetic part of us that pulls yeah. in I pull you in and we get to have a podcast conversation together and I I pull in the people that are going to teach me the biggest lessons I had this one guy that I dated privately somehow we managed to keep it private on and off mm-hmm. for four years and if you say his name to any one of my friends they're immediately going to want to they just go into like homicidal kill mode I have so much gratitude to him. What a gift, what a gift he is. What a guru, what a sage. He was here to teach me something. He was here to face me with all that was myself, all of my darkest parts. And I was the same for him because I showed him a lot of dark stuff too. Mm-hmm. And what a gift. We don't see things like this. We, we see things so linear. And for me personally, the journey to self-discovery mm-hmm. is a spiral. You, you think you're leveling up and you are, but then you go all the way back to the back <laughs> and then you spiral yeah. again and you go all the way back yep. to the back. And it's, it's beautiful because yeah. at no point are you there. At no point did you make it. If yeah. you make it, then what, why are we here? This experience for me, coming into the body of Annalyn and discovering her and becoming her and going through what she's gone through and living mm-hmm. as Annalyn, it's it's about how can I ascend? How can I elevate? How can I in that journey? And yeah. for as long as her life is, how do I get to bring a little more love into this world, mm-hmm. bring a little more light, bring yeah. a little more understanding, a little more compassion? And how can I put more of a accurate narrative around that compassion and love and light and all these wonderful things that sound mm-hmm. so whimsical those are not for the weak at heart yeah. <laughs> it's easy to be vengeful it's easy to be malicious yeah. you don't have to be really profound to do any of that in fact yeah. it's kind of the opposite of profundity <laughs> it is profound to be able to get to a place mm-hmm. where you can see someone for their shadow and see them for their pain not yeah. for the actions that they're taking. Yeah, I I was watching one of your videos on Instagram where you did a meditation to heal a past trauma and you visualized a person that harmed you the most as a child because it was easier to forgive the small wounded child who also experienced a trauma than the aggressor and the monster that in the moment created trauma for you. And I tried it at home with my own experience with my past trauma that took place in high school. When I did try that meditation, I became more aware, which was profound, as you call it, to be able to get to a place where you can see someone for their shadow and see them for their pain and not for their action that they took. You know, you bring a little more love and compassion, which is the key to healing any past traumas than being vengeful or malicious, like you said, because that's what will truly enslave you to your own emotions. And that's where it can be a little dangerous and a little foggy to get out of that headspace. So yeah, oh, that makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. The the inner child work. It's at first there's a lot of resistance because stuff is going to come up and it's scary to broach that. But one of the things I love to do and and if if your listeners want to, you can we can do it right now. It's like it takes twenty seconds. If you're not driving or yes. something where you need your eyeballs, yeah. Um, I invite I invite you to just close your eyes for a second. And get inside of your mind a mental picture of you as a kid. Maybe it's a picture you've seen of yourself. Maybe you, maybe you actually remember you as a little one. And just kind of really actually 
imagine yourself as you, the adult, looking at you, the child, and, and as if you could kind of interact, just create that space in your mind. And then approach that little one. And maybe I like to put little Anna in my lap and I put her in my lap and I'm like, hi there, pretty one. And I put my hands on both of her you know, cheeks and hold her face in my hands. And I look into her eyes and I invite you to do that with your little self and just say, I'm so sorry for all of your pain. Oh, I'm so sorry. For all the times you felt unseen and unheard, I'm so sorry. I am here now. And you, you might get hurt, but I will never leave you unseen. I will never leave you unheard. I will be here with you forever. That's my promise to you. And then just kind of feeling the heart center, right? And breathing into that heart space as you gently open your eyes. It's, it's as simple as that. We build a relationship with everybody else but ourselves. Why? We're the one we're always with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally feel like I just want to like cry because this simple meditation is building a relationship with ourselves. And the little arena that I visualized just now, I just want to hug her so much and just cry with her because of the times that little arena didn't feel seen or heard. And it's just like such a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Call your eyes out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hope, I hope that at some point you do because that means there's something to release and cleanse. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. I cry more than I've ever cried in my entire life. And it's always this cleansing, beautiful expulsion of, of energy, of, of something, you know, something alchemizing inside of me, something elevating, transmuting. Absolutely. But that that little one inside you, mm-hmm. that little one will guide you. That little one will tell you when things are not icky. No, we don't like this or, mm-hmm. or yay, let's do this. Let's play. Let's not work so hard. Let's have a beautiful moment of flow and be present. And we don't listen to the little ones. We, we lock that little one away and no, 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 no. Don't do this. And don't do that. And don't say this and don't say that and be better. And little, little, and, and it's like, when, when does, would you really like a child and a six-year-old yeah. and expect that out of them? It's insane. It is insane to know that we were so young. We were so passionate and joyful. And then we reached a point in our lives where opinion started to matter. And we were just stuck in this cycle of opinions. And we kept recycling these negative opinions or overly positive opinions about ourselves. Why? Why do they matter? Why do opinions matter? I think I don't have the answer. And I also think that I don't have to have the answer. Because why do opinions matter? Maybe there's a deep-rooted answer and maybe there isn't. And I think to even try to dissect how opinions started to matter in our lives and how we lost ourselves in opinions. I think my next question that I want to ask you is how do we become aware of our traumas and suppressed emotions and how are we able to heal and not project that onto others? An amazing question. The 
the way to, to really, if you want to do something, really, really unravel it all, mm-hmm. just keep asking why. Why do we care about opinions? Why Why does it matter what a woman's supposed to look like? Why does that matter to us? And why does that that matter to us? And, and, mm-hmm. then, and then you start unraveling and you get all the way back to the baseline, which is this moment that we just had, which is that at six years old, you got hurt. Mm-hmm. because someone said no 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 not you not the way you look not the way you sound not the way that you do things and that purity that innocence was just ripped away we spend a life covering that pain because that heart wound hurts hurts in my heart when I when I think that you know I'm gonna try to put myself out there and 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 you know dance or, or be artistic it's mm-hmm. it, it's too scary now because yeah. Because someone said, no, not your art, not, not like that. When you're so open, unprotected, because we are so open and it's beautiful as children, but we aren't protected because we don't know that there's something out there that wants to harm us. We don't want to harm anything. But if you're, if you're looking at looking for a tangible way to determine whether something might've happened to you or it it always comes out trust, but, (laughs) but if you're, if you feel like you're uncertain and you want to know anything in extreme, whether it's for me, I went extremely sexual. Mm -hmm. An opposite of end of that spectrum would be to go no sex. I feel awkward during sex. I leave my body during sex. I, I lose sensation in my body. I, I feel awkward around men. I feel uncomfortable around, you know, whatever, beautiful women, little, whatever it is. There is an extreme on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Something is there. Dig into it. Ask, why are you here? Why am I so sexual? Why did every comment that came out of my mouth for 10 years have to be a crude joke about that's what she said. That's what he said. I mean, I, I literally would be accused of sexual harassment, the, the level of jokes that I would make that were so inappropriate in inappropriate situations, like the knowing what we, what we deem it as now I was, I was the one guilty of sexual harassment. I was in right. so inappropriate. Why, why was that? My whole life was about sex. I, I was taught sex by the time I was six years old. I knew what sexuality was because it was being done to me. Of course, it's, you do something for 30 years, you're going to be good at it. I'm good at sex. So, so for me, there was this extreme promiscuity, sexuality. Those in and of themselves are not wrong. If you're digging, those are some little red flags to look at. It's, it's really interesting to see both extremes because from my experience, I went on the opposite side of the extreme you know I was leaving my body during sex like you said or viewing sex with so much discomfort because of the way I was raised sex was just never talked about not to say that my parents or my grandparents or my family aren't great amazing supportive coolest people in the world but in my culture sex just wasn't talked about and it made everything like very taboo and when it was talked about in school it wasn't viewed positively you know girls were labeled as sluts if they had too much sex and if they didn't they'd be losers or something's wrong with her and I remember there was like competition as to who was going to lose their virginity first and it had to be announced and I just remember someone said Arena would be the last to lose her virginity and so what did I do? 
I lost it and I got hurt and a trauma developed by someone I probably shouldn't have trusted, but I did anyways because I wanted to fit in. So when that situation happened, it affected me emotionally, spiritually, just every aspect of my life was ruined. It almost felt like, you know, I, I couldn't have sex comfortably without having a panic attack or having anxiety about it, during it, after it. And now I can honestly say like with building a relationship with myself and then meeting someone who is just so supportive and patient and just amazing, I was able to heal that aspect of my trauma and build this amazing foundation with my current partner who is the freaking best person in the world and I just want to shout out to my boyfriend Thomas so hey <laughs> but yeah it's just really cool to see the extremes of how your body responds to trauma and how your body eventually heals through self-awareness that you have about your situation and about your responses and about your extremes that you go about in order to feel a sense of control or safety net. You also had to dig into the reasons of the extreme. Your word might've been protection. My word was power. Mm -hmm. I felt that my power was being taken away. And I didn't like that because I like being powerful. And I was pissed the fuck off mm -hmm. and I was going to get my power back. So I was going to fuck a guy and leave him there because I didn't care because I was so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually just miserable, but yeah. I told myself that it was powerful and I really believed it for a while there. And, and I hurt people because I needed some feeling of power, but the, the, issue that my energetic field was trying to rectify was I got abused. I was weak. I want to be strong and powerful. Oh, I have to become an abuser. Okay. I wasn't raping people, but I was certainly not treating people very well. And I became a bully and I became a very intense energy because I just didn't want to feel weak anymore. I wanted to be the tough one. I wanted to be powerful. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be strong. In the direction that you went, it might be, um, another word might be more important to you, protection, uh, you know, whatever it is that then you close off, that you shut down. All of them are protective mechanisms. Didn't want to be put in a situation where I was made to feel weak again. So I was putting off a don't fuck with me vibe. Or a disappearing vibe is also, in your mind, effective uh, to protect you. So it's all about protection. So look at, look at things in your life and say, why am I protecting myself? What am I afraid of? What happened that made me this afraid? When did you know, I first notice this? How long has this been going on? You start asking yourself questions. We don't ask ourselves questions. We don't build relationships with ourselves. If you want to get to know someone, if you want to get to look, we're doing a podcast right now. You're asking me questions. Do you ask yourself these questions, right? We don't ask. We need to do a podcast with ourselves. So I guess my next question is, how do we become full and not try to fill us up by external things or external materialistic things or people or situations or try to distract us from actually building a relationship with ourselves and just owning who we are and the experiences not labeling 
the experience as good or bad because every experience is a blessing and a lesson and that kind of rhyme which is kind of cool but anyways so yeah so how do we become full and not try to fill us up i think that if there's anything that we need to know about our time here Mm -hmm. is why we matter and that presupposes that we do matter you're finding that in your mentorship where where you're seeing your story has meaning for Mm -hmm. someone else's life right this existential why am I here and do I matter and what's it all for it's it's keep digging go take that with it don't stop there don't get the answer at first just keep asking keep asking the point that you reach when suddenly it's something clicks it clicked for me when I started doing Reiki this year so I started having Reiki performed on me and then I actually just graduated from Reiki one and two all of a sudden I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) problem we have no problem Reiki for those who don't know is is an energy healing modality that is ancient and wonderful and amazing and everyone's like oh it's like tree hugger shit it's like oh have you never tried it that's so cute because that's exactly (laughs) what I used to call it what's really interesting is that we have no problem looking up at the sun and being like oh the sun you know it powers houses and cars and gives us vitamin d (laughs) how does a ball of fire out in space somewhere give us vitamin D. Did anybody think about that? Like with their actual <laughs> brain? Like that's yeah. weird, dude. Yeah. Like that's strange. How does yeah. it has a ball of fire give you a vitamin? Yeah. Is, that's like, is it just me? Or is that really yeah. weird? Yeah. So why wouldn't something like Reiki be something mm-hmm. powerful? Right? right. It is again <sighs> these <laughs> these different healing opportunities, they're not for the faint of heart. They're not for the weak of mind. If anybody going after healing if you're not committed, <laughs> yeah. you know, why don't you just stick to the wines on a happy hour of Friday yeah. night? You know, like, like that's going to help you more than doing any of this work. Cause this yeah. requires commitment. You can't show up, go to therapy for three weeks and then be like, <laughs> you know, I'll try it again next year. It doesn't work like that. No, and you need yeah. concentrated effort. And so for me, Reiki opened up a pathway to awareness that this world and this universe is so energetically connected in Mm -hmm. such a profound way. And we are so held by this force, this most powerful force, this love energy that Mm -hmm. permeates our world. And that is the world of energy. And that is the world that I tapped into as this 15 year old girl who was going to make her dreams come true. Mm -hmm. And I loved acting and it was the love energy. I had a lot of pain and stuff over here, but the love I had for acting was so big. Mm -hmm. It made it magnetic. It pulled it to me. It brought my dreams to me. There's no reason why a trailer park kid with no Mm -hmm. connections in Hollywood should have made it the way I made it. This opened up a whole world for me in in the energetic world. And it's just stuff that people will discount. They're like, okay, she's starting to lose me here. And the truth Mm -hmm. is you'll find it when you're ready to find it and not a moment before. If anybody told me this shit three years ago, four years ago, I'd be like, okay, go hug a tree. Like, you know, <laughs> I I had no time or space for it. That's really cool also to just go back to the recce because I think I also tapped into it a little bit and I was tired of just like regular therapy and I needed something yeah. more, I think. And also therapy for anybody who 
doesn't know therapy takes a lot of commitment as you said because sometimes you're going to meet like the shitty therapist who doesn't validate your feelings and you're like okay well this is the worst but you got to keep pushing until you find the one I guess like yes the one is the (laughs) therapist that you need but I started Reiki and it's really amazing also with like the chakras that you have and sometimes they may be blocked and sometimes you might be like why is my throat chakra shut like why can't I speak what I need to speak and it's is all connected as you said and I actually struggled to answer that question for so long of how are we all connected until one day it all just clicked and it was like oh my goodness once I had my sleep paralysis actually that's when it all clicked of why we're so connected oh amazing oh that's incredible yeah you really do have to experience it and you'll experience it the moment you're ready and not a moment before and nobody can make that moment for you you've Mm got to find it yourself I think that Reiki and ayahuasca. Oh, <laughs> I did ayahuasca and wow. I was pissed. I was pissed at my friends who got me to do it. I did a documentary for um, my friends or producers and they were like, we need a skeptic. And I was like, that's me. I was the skeptic. <laughs> I went to hell, oh, like wow. a different kind of hell. And it, it was the most life-changing thing I've ever done. I set 10 intentions when I did that within 13 months every single intention had come to pass. The last one being that my memories came back. I asked, show me what I don't know to know. Mm-hmm. And I saw wow. my memories. I didn't know to know that I was sexually abused as a kid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. within 13 months, every single thing I had set intention for had happened. This interconnectedness, it's, it's so interesting with ayahuasca because DMT is the major component diomethyltryptamine is a major component of ayahuasca. So we create DMT in our lungs. Like when we do deep breath work, you can see visions, your third eye, your pineal gland. You can obviously, you know, create, um, it it metabolizes melatonin, serotonin, turns it into nitric oxide and turns it into DMT. It's like a whole thing. I'm a little bit of a nerd if you're into this stuff. (laughs) It's very interesting. You're listening, check out Dr. Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural that will change your whole life. Mm -hmm. If you think this is all quackery, listen to this podcast again in three years when you don't but (laughs) it ripped all of everything off of all things but dmp is in all of us like it's in almost every organism on the planet and and all of a sudden i was like like i looked at birds different i was like wait what's happening to me i'm becoming a hippie (laughs) but you said something about chakras and i appreciate you bringing that up because and ricky is about kind of clearing the energy field of of on the inside of us. Yeah. And we will think, no, nope, no problem. I'll take my car to get an oil change. But you won't do maintenance on yourself. You won't you won't make sure that the work the energy, you'll make sure the energy of your car is working perfectly and the, yeah. the power source is energizing the engine. You're not gonna check on the energy field inside you that's making you yeah. function correctly and do do a little tune up on you. Crazy, right? We don't yeah. think of it like that. Yeah. We, we really I, don't. Yeah, I really like that I can't really say what it, what was the ritual? Ayahuasca? Yes. What was that experience? Because I actually just Googled this and watched a whole video of it. But like, what is the process? Like, guiding me through it. Like, what is, like, how did you even come to uh, commit to this? Well, well, <laughs> it was. So my very good friend, she's uh, just amazing and a mm-hmm. wonderful human. And She's a producer of Unscripted, and she was doing a documentary on plant medicine 
called The Medicine. Actually, if you guys want to check it out, it's a pretty, it's a beautiful documentary with um, NFL player, former NFL player, Kerry Rhodes is in it as well. He and I both go on the journey. He's like all about it and excited. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is fucking weird shit. <laughs> so you see this dichotomy between the two of us. And she asked, you know, I need a skeptic. And I was like, okay, me, I'm the skeptic. <laughs> and we end up in Costa Rica and it's like a whole thing. You mm-hmm. you have to go on a diet. You can't like as a woman, you can't be on your period. It's like mm-hmm. okay. like there's like a whole energy thing and you don't really know why, but you just follow it. So like no salt, no meat, no there's like like random stuff for a week, just for a week up to it. No sex. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean I can't get oh, away well. for a week? I'm gonna die. <laughs> um, I managed, I managed. So you do that in preparation. And then they ask you if you're really serious about it, this experience, like set intentions I little wild child that I am not wanting to miss a moment I'm like FOMO Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh I've got to do every intention possible (laughs) I you'll see in the documentary I have really bad acne in the documentary and I had bad acne my whole life I literally was like I want my acne to clear you might notice yeah can't see it but y'all I have real clear skin now yeah um I've had clear skin ever since it was just like like random I said a few things and then I said, wait, I don't want to miss anything. What if I don't know to know what to ask for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my last intention was show me what I don't know to know. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how powerful this ayahuasca stuff was. Yeah. And she was like, oh, really, honey? Is that what you want to know? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to take you to the ends of the universe. Oh, you about God. to get scared to death. Oh, God. Um, so she threw down and uh, I was like, fuck this. I did not do, it's a two night ceremony. I only did one night. I was pissed. I was so mad. I would told my friends, they were all assholes. They didn't prepare me for what this was. And what I believe really happened was that, you know, they call them growing pains. I say this in the documentary, they call them growing pains, not growing joys, growing can be very painful. <laughs> it can be a painful process. It was like 10 years of therapy in one night. So if you are balls to the wall and you really want to rip off the band-aid and you are not <laughs> afraid to go to hell, you might just do just that. Ayahuasca is a beautiful thing. All of going to the hell, I really mean it when I say you can't do anything to me now because I've seen and felt and experienced all of it in an existential way, in a physical way, mm-hmm. in a psychological way, in a mental, emotional, all the things. Yeah. And I know that it's because I've, I've taken my healing <laughs> like mm-hmm. a bull by the horns mm-hmm. and I've gone hard after healing. And I live the life that you deserve to live if you mm-hmm. go hard after healing. I wake up every day with so much gratitude that I'm here, that I'm alive. I wanted to kill myself for years. Now I wake up in my body and I'm like, I'm still here. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm I'm so glad that you are still here because I really do think like your words really do matter. And what you're saying to me is it makes sense why we connected because I really was missing that wisdom that you are giving me today. So yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my God, it's my honor. I'm so privileged to be on your podcast and be a part of this. Yeah. And just a last question before we wrap up, but if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I love that. I think I would ask her, please never leave. You are so true and pure. And I felt so dark and damaged and tainted in my life. Please be my guide. Show me when I miss the mark 
redirect me, remind me to play, remind me to laugh, mm-hmm. remind me to be present and to be free like you. Please stay with me for all of my life and be my guide forever. Oh, that's so sweet. I feel like I needed to hear that too for my little younger for your little yeah yeah our littles are the best they are they really are I sometimes like miss like sometimes I'll visualize like my younger self and be like I miss you like where have you been (laughs) yes that's all inner child work that little part of us is so in touch with the universe with the world with energy because we haven't developed the brain yet at that age Mm -hmm. right yeah so that that essence of ourself that's still so much a part of the inside of our world Mm -hmm. our internal world yeah has the same sensibilities of, as going back, you know, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know. You were six, like 12 years ago. I was six <laughs> a little bit longer ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just to wrap this up now, um, where can listeners find you? And do you have any current projects that you're currently working on? Yes. Um, so you can find me on the Annalyn McCord on Facebook and Instagram. And I have a podcast myself now a new podcast mm-hmm. called unzipped with my former castmate from 90210 Shanae Grimes Beach and we have new episodes out every Wednesday and the podcast social is at unzipped pod if people want to check that out I have a film coming out on May 29th called feral state and that will be in theaters and also on demand so my organization the organization I work with in Cambodia we launched a campaign on national human trafficking awareness day back last year 2020 so on January 11th 2020 and we've had to make it virtual because we couldn't really do a global tour with COVID but it will be an actual physical tour once we're able to travel again everything Mm -hmm. but the lovestorm.com is the campaign website and if anybody if anything I've been talking about today resonates with you and you want to get involved in some way shape or form you can join the movement we're not going to spam you we're not going to send you crazy stuff but we'll let you know when we're doing events that have these kind of themes that we're Mm -hmm. talking about these themes in fighting slavery from the inside out so from the mind to the body. Right. The mind is so often enslaved. And those are the chains we can't see. Those are the invisible mm-hmm. chains. So we are aiming to fight slavery that 7.8 billion people experience. Right. And that's slavery of the mind, imprisonment of the mind, and these belief systems. So that sounds like something that resonates with mm-hmm. anyone. They're more than welcome to join the movement, www.thelovestorm.com. So, Annalyn, thank you so much for sharing all of all that you do with so much love. Today's episode was incredible and the wisdom gained today is unforgettable. I believe that I personally needed to hear everything that you did and everything that you shared because this episode is going to be an episode that I'm going to be re-watching, re-listening over and over again. And I just want to thank you so much. And please, everybody, check out Annalyn on Instagram, but also just check out the movement that she created because this